Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we are lucky to have Dr. Richard Allen Miller. He is returning for the second time, and he has an excellent topic, and he's going to reveal some very interesting information that is just coming to light that he has figured out, and this episode is going to be called Magic 101. Uh, Thank you for coming back on, Richard. My pleasure. Thank you, Veronica. So, um, you have recently, you, you've recently made a, a mathematical discovery. Is that right? No. What, okay. You want to hear about that. Um, recently, a second generation Russian, uh, Max Rempel, made a major breakthrough in a research paper he did on proving that neurotransmitters, brain neurotransmitters, are actually resonant cavity oscillators that are dialoguing with something beyond the physical body. Now, that's out of, he, uh, let me give you some history. In 1972, I proposed a holographic concept of reality, which was presented in Prague um, by my mentor, Dr. Stanley Krippner. Mm -hmm. Krippner had introduced me uh, to Edgar Mitchell in 1970, oh, wow. so I could be at Mission Control to do the 1971 ESP studies for NASA. And that then led to my book, The ESP and Hypnosis, which, by the way, at that time of, of century, were considered pseudosciences. Today, we understand ESP as like thinking with the gut, working with instinct and intuition, right? right. Your lower brain or enteric nervous system, which is a hierarchy of resonant cavity oscillators <laughs> that are dialoguing in a hierarchy beyond space and time. And I propose that in an application to the holographic concept in 1974. That paper, one week after I presented it at Claremont, um, was classified top secret for the next 20 years. That put it out in 1994. And what happened is Garyev and Popov that year then used my paper to write their paper on the bio hologram that would have led me to Stockholm if they had been nominated for a Nobel Prize. Oh, wow. they, got the, they got nominated, but they didn't get to go, which means I didn't get to go. Now that's 47 years ago. Second generation, Russian that studied under Garyayev and Popov recently, two years ago, a year and a half ago, made a major breakthrough on neurotransmitters as resonant cavity oscillators, of which I'm the original founder of 47 years ago. <laughs> so he came up to Grants Pass to interview me. And while we're talking, I suggested that these subtle bodies that they're talking about might be part of the multiverse. And he fell out of his chair because he doesn't, he's a biologist. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the mathematics that I do. And that's what I did with code. 
And so now we're writing a new paper on cloud theory. Now, what does that mean? Well, when a pro it is the space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave, the in-between part is where the multiverse lies. Isn't that interesting? And that will be Kaufman's mathematics on knot theory. Mm -hmm. That's the little boy scouts tying knots, <laughs> you know, with um, uh, tying knots with strings. String theory now goes into the next level, creating a multiverse where you tie bones and Boy Scout knots and that kind of thing. I'm doing a little imaging on you. That's magic 101, by the way, because physics and religion will not get you there. Um, physics starts off with assumed truths. You know, if right. the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, then I can prove the Earth's round. Mm -hmm. However, space is curved. I can prove it's flat. Now, which one is it? And the correct answer is yes, <laughs> because space is not real. And I'll give you an example of that in shortly. In my ways of thinking, this is why the military always used me since when I was in high school. I'm able to be ahead of technology minimum 20 to 40 years before anybody else. And I'm I got two doctorates in physics, one in medicine, Harvard Medical. I'm an anesthesiologist. Oh, yes. And I'm a Jungian psychotherapist. I'm sorry. Uh, study under James Hillman, who lives with Kubler Ross. Yeah. So I, the ESP studies, by the way, in 1971, were used as the first protocols for SEAL Corp on choosing SEAL Team One. I wanted my team to be instinctual, mm -hmm. that smart, but you know, this brain here, what this is, is a tool. And I'm going to, you use it to affirm a belief system. I wouldn't have seen it if I had <coughs> believed it. And that is arbitrary. The drug lysergic acid amide is different than like diethylamide by slight molecule change is the neurotransmitter that connects dots. And that's why we are God's favorite. Both physics and religion mm -hmm. won't get you to the door. Simon says you can go halfway to the door. And what happens next is you miss the journey. And so what we're trying to do is use models in our mind's eye, which is where the real thing goes. And that's uh, up here. I got a bunch of books around me. Avram Malls, Imagination is Reality. Now that's basically why you should, for example, if the child says there's a boogeyman under my bed, it's true. There is. And that's where the song the woman comes out on stage in the opening of the Temple of Doom in Indiana Jones. And she says, anything goes. <laughs> Connecting dots, the lysergic acid amide is a particular neurotransmitter that goes, aha. And when you connect two dots, 
and connecting those dots is arbitrary. You're only limited by your imagination. And I'm basically a little brat, four-year-old, never became seven, now in a 77-year-old body. Oh, my God. No, I mean, that's basically what we're really talking about here. It's going to be a breakthrough because this new model that Max and I, Max from Pell, and I are going to co-author will answer questions like, if time is not real, what does that make my son? Yeah. And will open doors. Why would you want to take an intelligent, younger part of you and dumb them down to become you? Educational reform right out of the gate is one of the first things that will happen right away because our children are possibly our single most important natural resource. Absolutely. And once you start to realize the possibilities, I can't even imagine how this theory is where it's going to go. I couldn't imagine it when I did the holographic concept. I was walking in 1967. <clears throat> Old man Pont brought me to Wilmington. I mean, he was at my high school graduation. There's a reference you might want to look at called I Married the Wizard of Oz. And that was written in by, by Iona Miller, an ex-wife of mine, that's now right spin for CIA. Um, can you imagine when I was maybe intelligence and she was, you know, counterintelligence of CIA? <laughs> but a, <laughs> raggedy man. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Uh, but she wrote a paper where what she saw when she came into my life in 1976, what I was in the middle of doing. I'd already done MRU. I was in the middle of doing MRU, the smoking man, uh, Dr. Carl Schleicher. And I had done some pretty strange stuff, research, you know, Antarctica, all that other stuff that I'd done. And now I, even back then, I was stating that hologram is actually n dimensions of information in n minus one dimensions you got your fractal mathematics. Mm -hmm. But really, information is limited like space and time are. With space and time, quantum mechanics, what you're dealing with is an uncertainty principle. And that means you have a limitation on what you can know, the depth of it. The more you know about one thing, the less you know about another. There's an uncertainty. Just like going from the proton particle to the proton wave, that space in between. That's where the universe quadruples. And I'm going to guess that my mo that model that I'm going to do might take me to Stockholm this time. I don't know. I do believe that that model won't be, it'll be limited also. I don't mm -hmm. think there'll ever be a TOE or a theory of everything. We get closer to the door, but... <coughs> It isn't about the door because the door doesn't written. Man's, here's an example. Remember I told you about space? Yes. Back in um, 1972, when I was starting to work with MRU, um, we knew about aliens, but we were, at that time, of, you know, century, we were more worried about what the Russians were doing, um, how 
you know, psychic discoveries behind the Iron Curtain got a lot of people concerned <laughs> because of the space race wasn't real. You know, Sputnik and who got to the moon first? Well, the reason they have the precision of countdown, five, four, three. Well, the reason they do that is they have to punch a hole in the ionosphere to get an astronaut through it safely. Mm -hmm. If they don't do that right, it isn't going to work. And to land on the moon, we did not have that capacity at that time. And so part of those stories were exaggerated Hollywood. And then later, we did get to the moon because we got their precision. And now we have things like harp. that can put that hole through there when yeah. we need it. But like Mars... My experiments in high school, uh, I did the meson field theory on, on the muon, which is now an elementary particle. But back then, I did the math for Yukawa that got a Nobel Prize. And I was 16 years old, 15 years old. And so um, when I built my linear accelerator, and that's talked about in that I married the Wizard of Oz thing, um, that accelerator was creating particles faster than the speed of light. And what happens when they slow down is called Bremen. It's, today it's called Bremenstalin radiation. At that time, it was named after the two Russians that had gotten, uh, uh, Sharenkov had gotten a, uh, a Nobel Prize for that. And I was the first American to duplicate it at age 16. Mm -hmm. And that was la later used on the Mars Mariner 4 flyby to measure the amount of water on Mars. And what the public doesn't know about Mars in that regard is that there are more water on Mars and it's a smaller planet than there is on Earth. And that's oh. literally the facts. It's all underground, but there's more water on Mars. And it's most likely where man originated, not Earth. Mm. That had some kind of a war, who knows what happened with the asteroid belt, but Phobos and Demos, uh, uh, Demos are not real moons like our moon is. And our moon, <laughs> I could go on and on, but the thing I'm realizing now is that because space may not be real, I watched in 1972, I watched it go from astrology to astronomy. Right. And what Prague had done has gone to cosmobiology. At that time, Yanov had written a book called The Lunar Sex Cycle of the Female, that at the moment of birth, an engram is on her gen genetics that with the phase of the Earth, Moon, and Sun. And that's when she ovulates. And if she moves to a different part of the Earth, that phase angle changes. Right. And that is birth control. And what they had me do, which even suspicious observers, other people, this is back in the 70s now, early 70s, uh, was Department of Interior wanted me to vet on a 360 a computer. Um, historically, it turns out that when the planet Uranus and the Earth and the Sun are in a certain specific geometric alignment, there's a three sigma error coefficient on a major earthquake. And I went back in history to validate that. And three sigma is 99.9975% probability of an event occurring. 
and Uranus in astrology is considered a higher octave of Earth. Isn't that interesting? Because there's no known laws that affect the planet Uranus. That'll be in a book called Spook Central, by the way, mm. on the work I did with MRU. Um, I have just one of the ships that came in <coughs> is a line of patrons wanting to get all my older 40 manuscripts back into, into print before I turn into worm food. And I'm writing new books. <laughs> so I got lots of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I even have though, on in, in, in my new, new projects folder, one called Project Where's the Beef? Like somebody says they're going to do something, and then, uh, oh yeah, really? Where is that? <laughs> you know, where's the money? You know, how did they do it? Mark Knopfler, oh yeah, the money's for nothing, but the chicks are never free. <laughs> you know, got to, got to keep humor on this whole thing because that's why I was centered on coast to coast as I started talking about really deep important things that's weird and then that we laugh, you know like, and it freaked him out well i didn't freak out the guy who was interviewing me had freaked out hell hey premier radio they got oh that's a wrap dr miller <laughs> too bad because four days later i did it with terry cassidy mm -hmm. and she never had as many viewers listening to that and oh guess what my website was hacked the night before just to keep me on a short leash that's what they're, they're, you know, I, I, know. I don't know what's really going on and it's difficult to isolate variables because, mm -hmm. you know, you start to get paranoid when you've been game stock for as long as I have. And, but Hey, how did that's hand solo? And when all the tie fighters and Hey, it's me, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. Okay. So I'm into the comic book thing and I, you know, really understand now basically what imagination is. I can't tell you precisely what the mind's eye is. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And once you can see how something might connect, that's what makes it real in this location, which you call the physical conscious yeah. world. And it's not real. Yeah. Um, there is out of my new theory will come physical immortality. And we already have that. We're just not realizing that or new yet. How's that work? Well, when you have an orgasm, for example, sex magic, tantric yoga, that's why the lodges, mm -hmm. the lodges have been using the mass of the Holy Ghost for so long is because it's about the orgasm where you go from the profane into the sacred. And that's Mercilioti. And you can read about that moment that becomes timeless. And are we there yet? <laughs> you know, there it is. Uh, the little kid in you, are we there yet? I, I, where, where? And time will slow down, speed up, whatever, with your imagination and the way you play your brain, which mm -hmm. is not real any more than the gut is in terms of hierarchies of resonant cavity oscillators. And this new theory is going to, I can't even imagine where we're going to go with this yet, but I'm excited. And it's the most exciting thing for me to be doing, doing yeah. a new concept for you to think about and move you to the next level, 
radio shows aside, <laughs> David Rubini approached me, and now I have my own radio show. I have been turning him down because I don't do radio. I write. That's what I am, right. a writer, you know, science nerd, you know. But he did Art Bell, and he did John B. Wells, and he thinks that my knowledge base is such that it probably is in that sense of it because I – can actually draw an argument that I've had about four or five lifetimes in this one, you know, just in agriculture, I'm a world authority. And now in physics and metaphysics, I'm the physicist that didn't blow himself up. It turns out they're all kind of related. And really, once you saw a child how to grow a tomato plant for two years, and it's producing tomatoes the second year in the dead of winter, that child will never have a fear of not having food. Right. And that's another project. So I'm looking for a few good, in parentheses, W-O men, ha, women, uh, for the good ship Lolly Poop, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just learning to roll out the sail and, you know, set sail. Um, and... Uh, now I'm having a bunch of train wrecks with individuals and crises and uh, not really doing what they say they're going to do mm -hmm. because that's Batman when he said it's not who you are, but what you do that defines who you are. And I hope to leave some footprints because my father and mother taught me to always leave something better than I found it. Yeah. And shooting humanity. It's definitely important. We need it. Well, <laughs> that's the difference between not want and need. When you're out of toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the way I saw it. I, you know, I have lots of things I need that they want. Um, that's the other part of this side of the equation. Money is illusion. Oh yeah. So is power, and mm -hmm. so FYI is control. Right. You're along for the ride. In this level of consciousness, you're, you know, it's you have no control on this. What no. you have is the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's sacred. You know, in the old centuries, these magicians would not wash or wash their clothing. And they shrieked and they smelled really bad. And then you knew when he was going to do a ritual because he'd wash himself up, get clean, put on the clean clothes. Uh -huh. That's the switch that we need with consciousness. Walt Disney did it by drawing a circle from the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And everything inside that circle is me, and everything outside that circle is not me. And when you heart, with Ouija boards or channeling and, you know, whatever, you're concerning with demons. And newsflash, when you're going into different altered states, you actually are performing an altered state of consciousness. That is where magic, that's, magic is the art of changing that consciousness at will. Okay, and once you, but you need a switch so that you know when you're going from this place to that place. And that's what the rituals are. There they are, mm -hmm. celebration of a myth. 
And that's the kind of magic I'm going to be writing about. I've got a new book coming out this March called The Magical and Ritual Use of Metaphor, Archetypal Gods in Daily Living. The Greek had a whole different approach toward physics and science. What they did is they decided that there are 22 stories in the big city and that you're either possessed, one storyboard, mm -hmm. or you're complex, more than one. And usually someone like you or me might have five or six different stories going on. Right. I take or used to take drugs uh, once a year at Christmas time because I was depressed. That could be Persephone having to go to Hades once a year or a psyche at the will of souls. Once you understand which each storyboard is, each one of those stories has a has an ending. Mm -hmm. And that's, if you don't like that ending, <laughs> that's what pathworking is about, changing the movie. And that's the way I'm going to be approaching magic for children. That's great. And once they get the metaphor, mm -hmm. because the metaphor, again, is so arbitrary, but man has his own limitations like a dog. Why does my dog love you more than me? I feed it bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. That is because a dog is closer to spirits, working from its gut mm -hmm. uh, is a metaphor. And so that's why we have such drawn toward them. They're instinctually different. Yes. Most of that most of that has to do with the way you're whelped into the physical world. The dog in whelping is just it's a beautiful thing. There's always an extra tit available. <laughs> well, as a metaphor. Yeah. Uh -huh. And siblings are all in love and wine together. Whereas when I came out of my mother's womb, I remember him hitting me make me cry. Oh, he's good. Now he's alive. Huh? And uh, then they took me off to be fingerprinted before I could even bond with mom. You know, like I'm a criminal. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, he won't remember this. And they chop my penis off making circumcision. Now you don't think that that isn't going to have some kind of psychological effect on you after coming out of a nice womb where everything's mellow and safe. Right. It's trauma. Exactly. That's called wounding. And that's why the distinction between intent and purpose and why I can write an algorithm with a computer that can think faster than you to know what you're going to do before you do. But if you come from a piece of work, a purpose, why you chose to be in this purgatory, <laughs> um, now there's possibilities of being able to somehow be invisible. Crowley and his older magic said, when you're doing your true will, none shall say nay. Basically, you're not in discord with anything. And so impossible to write an algorithm to notice you. Um, coming, coming from a place of wounding, my recommendation is don't marry the same kind of woman the second time around. Never make the same mistake twice mm -hmm. once <laughs> as a metaphor. Yeah. And once you start to understand that, now <clears throat> you never get to purpose. 
what you do is you get closer and closer like the door mm -hmm. but that protocol because of where we are will not allow you to get there from here so that's uh <laughs> magic 101 right. for children and once they oh man <clears throat> what are they they're oriented to the sandbox right out of the gate which means they're gonna right out of the gate know how to make food yeah. they were given that opportunity to realize that that's a possibility because that's Merlin in a book by T.H. White. And Merlin, they're storming Loser's Castle, and he looks over at T.H. White and he goes, oh, I didn't see this. Huh? Merlin said, anything not specifically forbidden is a, is, uh, you, uh, is possible. That means it, 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 if anything's possible, you can count on it happening because that's what the first rule in magic is man has a responsibility for the thoughts he chooses to entertain mm -hmm. you all your saints in history have stressed the importance of training the mind using it like a tool meditation bringing it down into silence so that you can hear the lost chord your right ear. It's called the Shabbat, S-H-A-B-D. This is what Terence McKenna called zero-point energy. It is, I'm this, I'm just really old. I'm starting to hear it all the time. Uh, it's, a, it's like a music. Right. And really, it's serpent at the end of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. What it really is, probably, is the mycelium in Michelangelo, because Gaia is a conscious entity, mm -hmm. and mycelium is the nervous system, and the way the plants and mother tree and forest communicate to the younger trees, just like in Avatar. Uh, there's something else going on that we don't, and I don't understand, but acknowledge and recognize and give honor to it, like God. We, I, I do believe my parents were atheists, but they sent me to Missouri Synod Catechism to armor me against all the missionary creep that goes through the high schools at that time of year, you know, when you're 15 and 16. And then as I became a physicist, I started to realize there's something else going on here. And I couldn't grasp that. So I accepted it on faith that there's something above me, mm -hmm. just like there's something below me. And <clears throat> man isn't really as high up in the food chain as you think he is. For example, how many ants are on your property? And then I Thousands. would say, who's terraforming it more? They are. Exactly. Once you start to see that possibility, you realize, like even an elephant that doesn't have the brain power that we do. I've seen one in Cambodia paint itself, depicting a self-awareness of how other people or other things see it over what you and I could do. Hmm. I've seen that. So there's something else going on. And Bob Dylan was absolutely correct. Everybody's got to serve somebody. So yeah. I chose to accept and believe that there's something more going on out there, whether it's an alien, 
I can tell you that in the Bible studies that I've done, there's a distinct difference between Yahweh and yad Vahe. If you study the Kabbalah, you will notice that above Tether, which is God, on our tree. Right. It's the Aeon Sof Or. Yes. The, 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 yes. The, that's An, An Sof, and An Sof Or. The veils of Isis. The hierarchy there. Yeah. Very good. So, where would you like to go now that I've finished that little, you know, well, you know, what you just said, though, it brings up so many questions. And, what, you know, I always, ha the more I know, the more questions I have, and then the less I end up actually knowing at the end of an interview. Well, it's pretty much, you know, allowing yourself to know that you don't know, and then it's a free-for-all where would you like to go with that kind right. of it's free reign there's only mm -hmm. one place on the tree that i know of where knowledge is wisdom and that's the missing sephirah above kippereth mm -hmm. uh you know that's called doth and right. i by the way my path working books go as far as doth i'm beyond self-realization on the middle pillar or what we call path 13 mm -hmm. my priestess yeah and I'm a hermetic Kabbalist. I use that as my, there, that's a good point. All roads lead to Rome, but you need a North Star to know what direction you're going in. Hmm. So everybody needs a you reference. It's, it's, it's funny that you say that. Do you know what I'm holding in my hand? What? Oh, tarot cards. <laughs> that's the way to <laughs> you want to see something? I'm going to show you something better even. Watch this. You're going to like this one. So I um, am writing a book on tarot, and I'm going to have kevits in the different chapters. I'm going to have 72 of them because <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of artists in uh, San Antonio did tarot cards. <laughs> fitness cards. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Everybody's different. Every artist is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, business cards. And they did them as tarot cards. You know, all the different things. And then each one had their own way of doing it. That's great. As an artistic metaphor. <laughs> But, but it makes me think, like, like when you mentioned about like mythology and the storyboard, like, like to me, like, like tarot cards is like one of the ultimate ones because it covers well, so many mythologies. Tendencies, because of course your interpretation yeah. is just as important when you throw the bones or do the I Ching. Mm -hmm. And when you do these things, what you are doing is inner work, not outer. That would be ESP, not PK, where. You're using something external to communicate something consciously to your consciousness. And the tarot card is in symbolism that has meaning to you, color, yeah. uh, light. That's called cymatics. And there are, that's another new book I'm coming out with. Max Rumpel, this Russian, is writing the forward to it because it starts another new series on the work I did with video feedback systems, uh -huh. 
how you no longer need to take drugs to kickstart your brain and to the production of similar but different neurotransmitters. How this all started was that medicine has just recently found, discovered, oh, when you take psychedelic mushrooms, um, placebo can change. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, and when you take mushrooms, you get rid of depression, like ketamine. Ketamine is dangerous. I studied it. I have done more work in that area in the 70s than they have done so far today. I was in anesthesiology and we were studying ketamine, telepathine, which is dimethyltryptamine now, and BZ gas. And I can tell you, which is a form of, um, uh, well, DMA, and there's some other strange drugs that are related to hallucinogens like LSD, uh, DOME, D-O-M-E. Mm -hmm. This is before they started making Adam and ecstasy and some of these other things. I was one of the cooks for military. I did the formula I did with them was with crabgrass taking um, and making um, like Steve Blake did with 5-alpha to be dimethyltryptamine, be distinctly different from N, comma, mm -hmm and hyphen dimethyltryptamine. Now, <clears throat> what's going on there? Well, a specific geometry, chemistry, can change the entire behavior of a cell. That was Albertson Gorky at MIT when I took his course mm -hmm. on quantum biochemistry as a physics course at MIT. And I'm like, blocked <clears throat> it, <laughs> I got it. And so then Gary Robert Buchanan did his doctorate under me at the University of Washington, 1974, uh, when he was working for me as a grad student in my work in parapsychology. He also got his doctorate in the Department of Music, PhD, and his thesis topic was called cymatics, mm -hmm. how to use sound and light to heal certain parts of the body. He wrote a book called Sona, S-O-N-A, uh -huh. and had Seaboat Springs Healing Center down in Reno, Nevada, and he died three weeks ago. Uh -huh. So I'm looking to see, I'm living my, all my grad students and everything, it's kind of, uh, you know, and I like to, I seem to be getting younger, except for my teeth, hair. My girlfriend cut off my ponytail. I don't have a ponytail anymore. <laughs> she made a voodoo doll out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but keeping the humor is essential right now. Yeah. Because our country, you know, when my 280Z blew a head gasket and I didn't really have the money to fix it, um, I didn't throw it away. <laughs> I fixed it. Why? Because our U.S. government was written on hemp. And it's possibly, even though it's the biggest bully in the world in history, it's still, I wouldn't want to live any other place than here. Mm -hmm. And just because none of the candidates are worthy, none of them are, I don't vote for somebody. I always seem to be voting against someone else. Isn't that I approve him? It's this worst kind of thing. And I don't believe we've had 
any kind of decent offering from either party since Harry Truman. And that's that. And, you know, our president should reflect our most educated and most morally correct. I agree. And they don't. None of them. None right. of them. Trump's old and pouting, pissed off, and tantrum <laughs> thing. And Biden is a pedophile. Jesus. And who knows what's going on in the underground subways with wayward children? I can tell you the whole world has been infiltrated by something creepy, probably not human. Mm -hmm. And then I have to look at myself. I remember David Bowie when he fell to earth. At the end of the movie, the man who fell to earth is making love to the human, and he takes that contact out of his eye. Show her anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one I'm talking about, man. He's great. And uh, it was Frank Herbert didn't even write Dune until one year later. David Bowie was used to whenever he was come to the North America, he'd always make a beeline to my bookstore up in Seattle because I had books that he couldn't find even in London. Mm -hmm. And London, you know, was leading then at that time with magic and things like that. I that's where I got my education because I couldn't find the books in even in the deep vaults, uh, Seattle Public Library. You know, I had to have a bookstore, went out and got these creepy things from Borlitton and <laughs> things like that, so that I could become a scholar in those fields. And uh, I started with neo-paganism, um, Church of All Worlds. You know, mm -hmm. Tim and Morning Glory Zell. Morning Glory, we always called her Morning Glory. She made a lot of noise. And Tim calls himself Otter now. And, uh, <laughs> but they had a thing called Green Egg. And I started writing for Green Egg back in 1969. And my last article was the dodecahedral universe that I published in 2010 uh, as a paper that followed from my mentor, uh, Roger Penrose, who wrote the geometric universe. And then I upgraded it to the dodecahedral universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting where all of this is leading. I think that my primary contribution will not, I don't know what people will remember me as, but I think it's about children more than anything, because I'm basically a child. This, uh, or I don't have it on right now. I have a talisman that I wear everywhere. Everybody recognizes it, like my hat, it's a little eye in the triangle. Mm -hmm. That was my great grandfather's. He was, he was lodge master when Rudolf Steiner was, you know, entered that lodge and uh, out of Zurich. And I'm Nelson line, Lord Nelson's little brat, great, great grandson or something. <laughs> and, uh, there's a whole chapter about my family and Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And basically, I mentor for Waldorf. I had a 12-year-old doing his doctorate at Cornell and on organic chemistry. What would I possibly be able to mentor a kid like that? Mm. We wrote a comic book for Feral Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Constantine and some of the rest of it. I um I identify with children because they are way way more smarter than 
we are. And when I say that, I mean me too, white man. Uh, I'm Tato now, playing Tato. <laughs> what do you mean, we white man? Uh, but uh, I'm going to suggest that there's uh, a terrible thing that happens in education. When I was going to school, the first thing they did is they taught me Latin, second grade. And when I was in high school, we had shop, home economics, mechanics, mechanical drawing, all, all woodworking. They don't do any of that now. No. All they do is teach you how to thumb wrestle. <laughs> and it's, I think it's a tragedy because the Gen X generation, when they get older, their children are not going to be able to take care of them. Who's going to, how are they going to even know how to push someone around in a wheelchair? Right. You know, like, it's terrible. You can tell by the way they drive that there's an attitude of anger. Got to get there. Quick, yeah. quick, quick. You know, me first. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad I'm old and grumpy. one of the things that you mentioned that it's a topic that i've really become interested in now is the uh vibration and cymatics and because i've been experimenting with uh like binaural beats oh yeah to to, to, to change my brain waves and and stuff like that well what you're not changing them what you're doing is rebooting your, your brain back to where it was before it got culturally programmed with hey kids what time is it? Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> you know, Clarabelle and Princess Summerfall, Winter Spring, and oh, you're too young for that one. All right, those TVs back there, fifties. The screen was this big. Yep. It's green and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used working from radar. But I, um, we, how did the CIA put it? Oh, this is a great one. Yeah, mind control. No, no, we don't need mind control. We got TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the COVID virus isn't real during flu season there are no flus anymore it's just virus right and uh, I appreciate the fact that Hazmat has not put out any disposal places for your used masks now, that's kind of interesting isn't it mm-hmm. uh-huh. I've got a lot of questions about that bullshit and the thing that's bothering me is that the reason my mother sent me to school was to get exposed to those viruses so that my immune system could be sharp enough to take care of it. Where today, at least in Oregon, one in four people are obese. They're not fat, they're obese. It's the food choices. How did Jay Leno put it? Oh yeah, Uh, run out of Doritos, oh don't worry, we'll make more. Exactly. Our food choices and things, nobody's healthy anymore. You know, they, uh, terrible. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I just know that we need to be more mindful Mm -hmm. of training our mind because it's like hypnosis out there and if they can fool you like Harry in your pocket while they're doing this here, this, this hand here is picking your pocket. Yeah. And uh, that's leisure man. That's sleight of hand. Magic as I talk about it would be sleight of mind. Right. Use your mind as a tool, not an absolute. 
like your belief systems. Mm -hmm. If, for example, if I were training SEALs today, if I had a Christian in there, if he didn't put that away, he could get my team killed. Now, it's like wearing a sweater. You don't have, you have a favorite sweater. You're never going to throw that sweater away, even if it's got holes in it. Favorite. Belief systems are the same. They're not appropriate. They're used as tools and arbitrary. That mm -hmm. means if you've been born in Pakistan, you wouldn't be a Christian. Right. So how come there are so many different forms of Christianity? I don't know. I've never understood so that. Yeah, well, the first thing Christ said when he came back from India was, don't judge another. Judge only yourself. You know, that's okay. That's because there are probably as many religions as there are human beings. And really what you're going to church for right. is to reinforce a specific rule of conduct, moral code of ethic. Mm -hmm. You want to be around people that help encourage you to be this way over that way. That doesn't mean that that way is wrong. It's wrong for you. Yeah. Choice. So, so what do you think like, like uh, about like meditation? Do you think that's a good way to help uh, control the mind rather than having the mind control you? Or letting somebody else control you through your mind. Yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> even a better way to... Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you will <clears throat> instinctively, without pressure from the outside, probably find your way home. But with the big bad wolves out there, Goldilocks, you know, so nice to see you again after so long a period. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, well... <laughs> I think that there's a, uh, a balance in that form of exchange and why you are making mistakes so you discover why you don't want to do that. Absolutely. And the key on all of that, going halfway to the door, is to not make the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. And then you have your purpose closer and closer in hand and discovery itself. And I, listen, had that when I came out of the crib. I was always talking to myself. I always knew at any given moment how I felt about something, even if it were changed every couple of minutes. Mike, you know, like I'm no longer hungry or something, but always knew if I am or not. I, I could go right down deep in and know how I felt about something. My mom said that I was running before I could walk. What I do is I pull myself up on one side of the crib and then fall to the other side of the crib before I cut catching myself. That's <laughs> what I, <laughs> I did that at five months. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I was a little monster. Can you imagine? I had a third grade report card that said, Ricky's very disruptive. Ask too many questions. <laughs> And then in fourth grade, they discovered I couldn't read English. So I had to stay after school every night reading, learning how to read. Fifth grade, I read every single science fiction book in the local library. In sixth grade, they wanted to give me Ritalin 
They wouldn't let me do that. In seventh grade, they wanted to advance me to high school. You know, they didn't, they didn't do that either. And that's probably the only reason I can even talk to someone like you right now, because I was an idiot savant. I did hum. You'll notice I move around a lot. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I <laughs> a little rain man dance uh, for, for snow. And I, socialization is important clicks or not bullies or not right. most bullies the reason they're a bully is because they have a fear and so they have to and um i never had a problem with bullies i because i was dangerous i'd learned how to fight in the streets in the philippines when i was four years old <clears throat> that story is an interesting one I had SEAL Team 1 in a room. We're all looking at each other, you know. And I turned the light off and I said, last man standing. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear him bouncing around all over there. When the last one came over looking for me, I was already on my back because there's no defense fighting upward. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> thank you, Philippines. I also learned how to play chess in the Philippines. So I did a lot of things there. <laughs> the streets yeah i was caucasian you know mom was indochina theater and so they stuck me in these weird schools and um but i uh iq is survival coefficient adaptability eq is how you feel about the physical weight in other words it's more information mm -hmm. and so many jesuits you look back in history you can see that during matriarchal societies, there were no wars. Only when the men took over, started yeah. wars and things like that, coachmen. So I, um, I, I have my own sense of self and why I'm here and what I hope to do before I exit. And um, now there's just too much for me to do. And so I'm seeking people that have a similar vision of mine to do mutual projects because i now seemingly have enough money i can afford that what i'm finding is there's a lot of people that are not interested in helping they're interested in helping themselves yeah, in other words yeah. their motivations are not as open and pure as you might think they are and that once the money changes that part of it it's a different universe out mm -hmm. there but that's okay. I have bodyguards. <laughs> That's good. I have discovered that the big black Cadillac that wants to take me home to, from school, the bigger they are, the blacker they are. That's one thing I am discovering. I don't want to become cynical, but I'm now becoming a paranoid. I'm looking at shadows and I don't believe anything anymore because I know it's not real any more than this COVID virus is. You know, that's an attempt to take control. And it was Benjamin Franklin that said, when you give up your civil rights for safety, you lose both. Hmm. Scary. <laughs> did I leave you speechless? I didn't mean to do that. You I did. Think. You blew my mind as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I, that's what my real purpose is, is for, what happened to me? Oh, I, I think it's about the video. By accident. Yeah. 
I do that. I who? <laughs> what? I um I find that I'm so innocent as a child. I don't see things I should in terms of evil that lurks in the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see those kinds of things. And so I don't recognize them until, oh my gosh, what, what was that all about? I'm pretty malleable. I'm pretty forgiving and, you know, accepting of other people and their values because I know I'm kind of weird. So, you know, I don't think of, <laughs> I gotta, if I want to be accepted, I better be. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. I'm a little weird too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're weird, weird, and I'm weird, funny. There it is. That's a different. Oh, yep. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. So, uh, when, when you were talking about your, your your new paper, one of the things I was reading about just today, I think it was this morning, about this discovery of a new quantum one-dimensional proton cloud. That's us. That's what we're working on, the proton cloud. That's right. And and, and I saw that, and I thought of you. I said, that's what Dr. Richard Allen mentioned to me the other day. (laughs) I uh, can tell you that science can't get us there because of our concepts are limited as constructs. That was Gregory Bateson that said, what is your metaphor but to serve your paradox? Oh, that means I can put my paradox out in that meadow. Yeah, that's how we interpret things, just like we don't get the fact that Orca has a cerebral cortex that's literally twice the size of man. That mm-hmm. mammal is firing 60% to our 10 and has access to nine-tenths of the biosphere, where man has only access to one-tenth of the biosphere. Who's superior? <laughs> the Orca. Why would we think we're superior? Because we have a thumb and we have fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's because this is the third of four epochs, Peja, trial by fire. So where do you yeah. think where do you think we came from? Do you think we evolved? No. Or- I know that we didn't evolve. I have type O negative blood. Where did that resource negative come from? No. Okay. And I have memories. Of Mars. I like the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Something else is going on here. I think we were manufactured and we're being held in stasis time. We seemingly at the end, at the moment of death, the Bordeaux Thedal suggests that we are given the one last choice of either the blue light or the tunnel of light, which is similar to that reported by near-death experiences. Come on back in, the water's fine. And at the moment of death, there's a five gram weight loss in the body. Yeah. What is that? Soul. Soul? No. It's in terms of physics, which is limited, 
it's structured water inside a microtubule outside the body, what you would call chi. Mm-hmm. And five grams of structured water, that's H3O2, is enough memory for 100,000 lifetimes. It's a metaphor. It's a lot. Is, is the chi connected somehow? To the uh, to the proton cloud to the proton cloud. I saw Cassius Clay, Sonny Liston. Mm-hmm. Sonny Liston went up in the air and flat down back on his back, out cold. And yet, on closer inspection, Cassius Clay didn't even touch Sonny Liston. How does that work? Chi. That's what my seafood caught. There we go. And just the energy will knock some. That was my teacher, John Leong, out of Seattle. Uh-huh. Gotta look up his name. He's able to do things where he knocks someone across the room and he didn't even hardly touch them. What moved that person across the room? His belief that he got hit? Yeah. That's how voodoo works. Voodoo doesn't have magic. It's your belief in it. it does. So there's science behind it. Do we, do we understand that science? Something else is going on, and to try to conceptualize it, we haven't gotten there yet any more than you will yet, getting the full implication of what I've told you in this conversation. Each time you replay this, you will learn something new. Each time you play this uh, video back. Watch and see. Mark so, my words. No, I mean, really. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I totally believe that. What I just said as a realization that there's something way more going on in the way I communicate now mm-hmm. as a physicist that is trying to work toward spirit. I'm not going to be a saint this time around. That's where I come back, even though I don't want to, to do SIVA or service. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to do it by leaving a small footprint for the next person to take my concepts and go to the next stage with it. And that's all I can do, like my campfire, when I finish leaving a campsite, leave it better than I found it for the next person to come through. Hmm. I was interviewing somebody not too long ago. His name is, he knows you. His name is Olaf Phillips. And, um, and your name came up in the interview because we were talking about the base in Antarctica. And he said you were like one of the few people that have ever been there. I, uh, that was not one of the projects I managed. I was uh, hired uh, by a anthropologist. Mm -hmm. She, she was organizing this thing. And I was the physicist that was in charge of light. That will be in Spook Central between when I wrote holographic concept and when I wrote embryonic holography, mm-hmm. right in there will be a paper called Bioluminescence. And the first part of that started with Carillion photography that I presented in Prague as a secondary emission of electrons. And then what happened later was one of my professors at Washington State, Dr. Bender, always remembered me as a special person and then took my Carillion photography disclosures and created the first MRI. And uh, 
out of Washington State University, Pullman. And um, I remember when I was in Antarctica, um, the cavern was a mile high. I'm, I'm so high, it had weather in it, like clouds and things hmm. like that. And how did the light work? It was lit up like a scale. Right. And that was a bacteria that was on with um, actually it was a kind of mold thing that was working that bioluminesced. And right. uh, I have a nice paper on bioluminescence, which we'll talk about that. The thing that is interesting is I saw uh, 19 slips, Nazi base, that looked like it had been hit by, I don't know, like a nuclear weapon. And uh, it was destroyed. And Further down was a Viking base from the 14th century. Where's that in the history books? Yeah. Yeah. And then even further down, there was this hole that was like 100 miles straight down, straight down, 100 miles into uh, what we believe to be molten lava and, you know, the plasticity, what kept the, the integrity of that. At that time in the 70s, we didn't have the technology to go down there. You can go down with a helicopter or something like mm -hmm. that. We're talking about 100 miles straight down, coming straight up. And that we don't have that technology. Um, apparently, they do now. And what happened was that all kinds of people, including uh, Buzz Aldrin, other famous people, world leaders went down that hole to see what was down there and within less than six months after that they quarantined antarctica because probably something woke up since stasis i don't know i didn't i don't know about that part i was there in the 70s um i think it got hit by a nuke mm -hmm. trying to take out the when bird was over there Admiral Byrd, I've got some Russian video on that showing Foo Fighters that were smaller than jets working with jet propulsion. We didn't have jets back then. So something was either extremely advanced, Nazi, or alien. And I don't know about that part. I don't know. I have seen technology and actually vetted. I have two things that will be in Sleuth Central about um, artifacts that were either from previous epochs or from alien technology. I can tell you that different epoch periods had their own technologies that we don't have. For example, the Clovis that they're unearthing down in Mexico right now, they had space mm -hmm. light and they did, and they crawled out of a cave to become the Hopi. You can go over to Paris, France, and the Cave of Dreams, and then further down, there are these bison on the wall that have star maps on them, yeah. indicating the star map is in this form this way. Down there, it's in reverse, indicating they're witnessing it from outer space. Um, I know that I don't know, but it would seem if time isn't real, why are we being kept here, like a video game or a matrix? And that's one of the reasons I suspect that we were manufactured kept in stasis for some reason but i don't know what that is 
and I I can guess, but even then, even with that, um, it doesn't. I, you know, it's like I have no data. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I have to try to retain my allegiance of credibility to people like you by sticking with you know facts mm -hmm. that I know and. The facts that I know is that there's, I, that's why I did paranormal studies. There's, a, there's stuff going on out there that would suggest, for example, I've seen a woman rip a car door off to save her son in a burning automobile. Child. That's impossible. Have her body be stronger than steel. And yet you can achieve that in some manners using methamphetamine mm -hmm. and i've seen ants carry 10 times their weight yeah so how do they do that uh i don't know yet i'm guessing it has to do with the mind's eye and anything you can imagine is probably real because this isn't real and our concepts of space and time are just that they're constructs they're not real we're limited Indeed. I believe that, especially since I started doing this podcast, like I, I mentioned earlier, the, the, the more I, I learn, the less I realize, the less that we know as, as a race of people, actually. We don't really know a whole lot about who we are, what we are, where we came from, and what anything yeah. is. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, Each time you learn something, you have three more questions. <laughs> that's those doors of perception there it is and read it and weep <laughs> that's great yeah um I don't know. we've covered a lot <laughs> yeah i know well segment it out put some pictures in there have fun with this editing i if you do a good job i need that for myself i could do one hour slips every week on fullerines and structured water and or you know well, Johnny, it works like this. <laughs> but I don't have that in my team. I have a shopping list of things I'm seeking right now mm -hmm. that I have incomes enough to cover rather than being a beggar with, you know, a hat in hand. I still am. <laughs> but uh, if you're doing the interesting video, I, I, there's one I did with John B. Wells. The first interview I did with John I said, the USS America is taking on water, and I don't know if it's going to sink or swim, but I think it's time to man the lifeboats. And personally, I like to have some oars. <laughs> I didn't navigate my way out of there. And they cut him out. They cut John's questions out. How did John put it to me once? Oh, I'm going to just get out of this guy's way and just let him do what he does. <laughs> John was a really good, has that cool, deep voice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really good. He has real deep religious convictions, and there's a bunch of trolls out there that would suggest I'm a Satanist. I'm not even a Christian. How could I be a Satanist? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you know, what is that? Do I seem like an evil old man? No, I'm not interested in that. Are you doing magic? Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Say that's prejudice stuff about limited thinking and why, for example, a 
a Buddhist could be a Christian, mm -hmm. but a Christian can't be a Buddhist. Yeah. If the world's flat and the doors are reality, the world's round, it's, those are reality. And if it's both, now you can go to anything you want. And that's why my father said, there's the vulgar, the adept, and the exempt. The vulgar get audited. Uh, <laughs> adept gets money back from the government. And the exempt has a 501c3. They don't pay taxes. <laughs> And I've always aspired toward exempt status where I didn't have to participate because I was an athlete and getting a cheerleader pregnant. <laughs> you go to college, you know, I was <laughs> honest boy and values. And everybody's different and it's all good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on today. I love talking to you. You got to do it again. Always, you're always welcome to. Awesome. I'm just going to hang on for one second and I'm going to play the outro and we'll wrap it up. I do that. Nice talking with Thank you. Thank you. So, can I go back now and finish my lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to uh, everything. I'm, 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 at everything imaginable. I was trying my appointment book right there. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy yeah. t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise but to support the costs of producing this podcast. I know. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page. You too. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.